0: Welcome to another episode of the APA Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hennigan, Deputy Research Director and Manager of the Green Communities Center at the American Planning Association. Today we're talking about trees and health, but more specifically, the Green Streets Program, an initiative in Lawrence, Massachusetts, with a goal of increasing vital tree cover throughout the community. Through collaboration between Groundwork Lawrence APA's Sustainable Communities Division, and the Massachusetts chapter of the American Planning Association, the Green Streets program was the focus of a detailed and comprehensive health impact assessment, or HIA. Joining us in this episode to talk about both the program and the health impact assessment are Angela Vincent, Economic Development Planner with the Merrimack Valley Planning Commission and member of APA's Sustainable Communities Division, Brad Busher, Project Director with Groundwork Lawrence, and Neil Angus, Environmental Planner with Devon's Enterprise Commission and also a member of APA's Sustainable Communities Division. Okay, thanks for joining us today. Uh, To kick things off, can you give us a little bit of background? uh, To begin with, where is Lawrence?
1: Hey, this is Brad from Groundwork. Uh, Lawrence is located 30 miles north of Boston. We're uh, on the Merrimack Valley, or on the Merrimack River, rather, Um, It's a community of of about 80,000 people, Uh, and and it's it's pretty unique in that it's a planned industrial community uh, planned by real estate developers in the mid-1800s to harness the power of the river and um, build an industrial community out of um, farm fields. So with that start, Lawrence has always been sort of noted as the immigrant city, and it continues to, uh, to really be defined by that tag even today. Um, within its seven square miles, um, you have a lot of uh, high-density neighborhoods um, that are today predominantly filled with um, Latino residents, mostly from the Dominican Republic or Puerto Rico, but also uh, increasingly Central America
0: it sounds like even though it's 30 miles away from Boston, it still has a pretty dense urban feel to it. Would that be accurate?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it it, it definitely has uh, a, a classic New England urban feel to it in that there's um, lots of multifamily housing, triple-deckers, uh, duplexes, but it's also a rationally planned community with the downtown business district and the mill district centered along the rivers and uh, uh, municipal uses and parks, or sorry, and churches uh, centered around a large common and um, all of those areas surrounded by by residential neighborhoods.
0: Okay, great. Well, uh, thanks for giving us a little flavor of the community. Um, Now, uh, tell us about Groundwork Lawrence. What is that?
1: Groundwork Lawrence is a community-based organization that's part of the Groundwork USA network, where um, we were started by the National Park Service and the EPA Brownfields program to really address um, environmental justice issues in cities that, um, that were underrepresented by conservation organizations, um, we've been in, in Lawrence since um, well for 15 years now. What we do is uh, is fairly broad. We have programs in education. So during the school year, we reach over a thousand students a week. Um, we have a very robust open space program, open space planning program, which we where we work closely with the city to to create parks and shared youth paths and rail trails and greenways. Um, But we also have healthy living programs. So we run a network of 10 community gardens, um, have an urban farm, and we do a lot of um, youth engagement, uh, particularly during the summertime when we hire youth to do um, various types of jobs throughout the city.
0: Okay, so you work closely with the city, but you're not an official part of the city government.
1: That's right, and I forgot to mention that we have this tree planting program called Green Streets, which um, which I, I think that we'll, we'll, we'll touch on during this podcast.
0: Yeah, I definitely want to hear more about that, um, but I'm also wondering, uh, since you're not actually part of the city, uh, do you know if sustainability is a part of the city's officially adopted goals? For example, is it in, the, in their comprehensive plan?
1: Um, the city doesn't, the city does have a comprehensive plan, but um, it's kind of out of date. Uh, instead, the city has a series of, what I would call district level plans. And susta- sustainability certainly is at the heart of those, those plans. Um, uh, and it, it is also part of the, the city's open space plan.
0: All right, well now let's get into the Green Streets program. Uh, tell us a little bit about that.
1: Sure. Um, Groundwork has planted trees um, in the city since 2007. We operated uh, a, a small sort of part-time tree planting program where you know staff members uh, would fit into our busy schedules. Um, a, a spring and fall tree planting season that focused on getting trees into um, front yards and side yards and backyards of, of residents. Recently, with the support of um, the, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, we have uh, increased the, the goals and the staffing of that that program uh, to, to hopefully plant over 2,400 trees over uh, the next three years. All those trees are to be planted in targeted neighborhoods so as to have a district-level cooling effect, um, so plant trees to create shade and wind breaks, and therefore realize um, increased energy efficiency.
0: Uh, how successful has the Green Streets program been to date in achieving its goals?
1: Well, the number one goal right now is to get, to get trees in the ground and keep those trees healthy. We've been successful on that on that front thus far the neighborhoods we're targeting are very dense um, with, with frequently with limited planting space um, but our outreach staff and our engagement staff have been pretty successful in obtaining tree orders and keeping the tree planting uh, teams busy. We'll only really know if those energy efficiency goals are achieved. Um, through long-term management, sorry, long-term research the, that's being undertaken by the, the state that will look at um, the energy bill for for the, the districts, the cumulative energy consumption, rather, for the districts in which we're planting and compare those over time.
0: Okay. Um, who runs the program? Specifically, I'm wondering if planners are involved in any way.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um I, I at, in, at Lawrence I run the the, the program um I'm, I'm trained as a planner and a, and a landscape architect um at the state level the 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 program is run out of the executive office of energy and environmental affairs and and in partnership with um with other executive agencies as well and they're all planners um The idea for this program really came out of uh, the city of Worcester, and what happened in Worcester is the uh, an invasive pest beetle came in and um, impacted all of the trees. So overnight, um, the city lost nearly thirty thousand trees, and the state had to come in and cut down a lot of trees. So imagine beautiful. Tree-lined streets just overnight becoming um, hot and 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 distinctively urban. And energy managers noticed a spike in summertime electricity consumption. And and that's when when the the energy side of the executive office of energy and environmental affairs kind of bought into this idea that. Um, the, the surcharge collected on everybody's electrical bill could be devoted to tree planting to uh, achieve energy efficiency goals or uh, energy consumption um, reduction. And what they've done is, is uh, tried to scale this up, this, this, this Worcester-based program up To 25 other cities in in Massachusetts, and in Massachusetts we refer to them as as, um, gateway cities. Uh, These are second-tier cities that have populations in the range of, I'd say, 30 to up to 110, maybe 150,000 people. Um, And the idea is that plant trees and reduce energy consumption and Realize a whole lot of other um, good benefits. Triple bottom line, really.
0: So, some of the funding for this program comes from people's utility bills.
1: That is correct. Um, within Massachusetts, there's a surcharge is collected on every utility bill, uh, and those funds go to reduce, reduce projects that reduce the load the demands on the energy grid
0: one thing you said uh piqued my interest there what type of beetle was it was it the asian longhorn
1: asian longhorn yeah
0: oh those are the worst so um what about the green streets program sets it apart from other tree planting programs or how is it different from what the city's public works or forestry department was already doing
1: yeah that's that's a really good question um I would say that that what's different is the scale. Uh, in, instead of targeting, say, um, planting twenty-five to fifty, maybe seventy-five trees a year, you know, we're really trying to to do many times more.
0: Great. Well, thanks, Brad. I think I've got a really good understanding of what the Green Streets program is all about. Um, And now we'll shift gears a little bit and talk about the health impact assessments. Uh, First off, what is a health impact assessment? Can you define that for us?
2: So, yeah, this is Neil. Um, So a health impact assessment, essentially, um, as planners, a lot of planners know, there's a growing body of research that neighborhood design can have a significant impact on uh, people's public health. It's not really just what we eat, but how we, how and where we live that impacts, you know, both our physical and mental health. So a health impact assessment is essentially the voluntary process that is used, uh, by planners and health, public health professionals, uh, to evaluate the potential impacts of, say, a plan, a project, or a policy, um, and its impact on the health of a local community. So, you know, planners are very familiar with things like environmental impact assessments, uh, but, you know, a health impact assessment is, is a more comprehensive review of a project, kind of looking at it through a health lens. Um, so, you know, we took a triple bottom line approach, as Brad was mentioning earlier, um, to, to this health impact assessment. Um, but a health impact assessment allows people to make, essentially make more informed choices about improving public health through the built environment, through policies or plans that, that change the built environment, it's not an any. It's not a new concept. It's being been being done for years, but it's really become a lot more popular um, in planning fields today. With um, you know the current obesity epidemic in, in North America, and with climate change issues and air quality, um, so you know bringing health into the to the the planning uh, realm or emphasizing health in the planning realm has been a much more important topic these days. Um, and you know, we we connected with Groundwork Lawrence, and I know Angie's going to get into this in a little bit. But um, you know, they they saw this as an opportunity to um, help evaluate their existing uh, health conditions in their in their area and um, look at how trees might help contribute to or improve those health conditions as you know, as well as energy efficiency. Energy efficiency was the main um, driver, but, um, you know, they were looking for ways to uh, gain additional community buy-in or support for this tree planting program. So we wanted to look at uh, a, a tool that we could use that could help identify those triple bottom line impacts with social, environmental, and economic impacts. And the HIA seemed like a great tool uh, to do that.
0: Okay, thanks, Neil. I think that's a really good definition of what an HIA is and what you use it for. Who worked on your health impact assessment for the Green Streets program?
3: So, this is Angie, and um, actually, I, I will address a little bit the idea of performing a health impact assessment because Neil sort of started the conversation, but um, really, this actually came out of a collaboration of American Planning Association Sustainable Communities Division planners, members, wanting to give back, basically to find a project in a community um, like Lawrence, Um, we actually looked at several other communities in the state as well, uh, to do a community service project. We actually initially had wanted this to be a community planning assistance team project um, and so we, we actually merged the idea of a CPAT with the, a health impact assessment, which at that time, which this was uh, end of 2015 when we all got together to talk about next steps for a, a service project, many people had either not been engaged in an HIA yet or had just gotten started with, you know, hearing about the idea of how to use these HIAs to um, apply another lens to community development and the types of projects and plans and policies that we're putting in place in our communities. Um, so there was a lot of interest in doing that, and, the, and how we actually did that is, in the HIA process is somewhat strict. Um, it's very formulaic. There are several, I, I want to say, 10 steps um, to doing this, uh, everything from your initial research and scoping all the way to metrics and measuring progress, um, which is a typical planning process anyways. But... But we marched forward with a variety of planners. We had an incredible team. Um, We had people from the public sector, uh, like Neil, who works for Devon's, myself, who now works for a regional planning agency, but we also had consulting planners and and folks from the private sector, as well as uh, the, the Department of Public Health, which we thought was a really great addition to our team since they've been promoting HIAs throughout the state through their various programs, um, and they're actually starting to do rapid health impact assessments, which I think is a great connection for planners, um, given our time, timing for um, getting projects done. So having this type of process to replic- replicate and to assess the health impacts on a variety of different levels in our communities is a really great tool. It took us about 12 months um, total, I would say maybe even a little less than that, um, but it was it, with all the volunteers, and we technically were all volunteers, no one really did this as part of their everyday job. Um, it was a great feat to, to have accomplished, I believe, <laughs> for t- about 12, 13 uh, volunteers from, again, all, all sectors of, of uh, planning throughout the state to get together to work on this type of project.
0: Was there a lot of uh, research that you needed to do to put together the plan? Yes.
3: Yep. So one of the steps in a health impact assessment is scoping an assessment. Um, and so we actually took a variety of different approaches. We, the, a typical health impact assessment requires um, academic research, looking at papers that have been conducted around uh, the different things that we're hearing that are, um, that are impacts in the community. So we read community health assessments for Lawrence from the various hospitals that are around um, the city, and learned about diabetes, learned about the epidemic of, of obesity, and and the variety of different health, mental and physical health issues that Lawrence citizens are are, are addressing right now. Um, but in addition to that, we wanted to hear from them because ultimately the the Green Streets program is going to is only going to be as successful as being able to encourage landowners um, to plant trees on their property and so we felt this was yet another way for them to communicate the benefits in addition to energy efficiency of planting a tree on their property and so our aim was to find different ways to communicate that if we know that obesity is an issue and that that's a a primary concern to residents then how can we connect planting a tree to reducing obesity. So our lens was very wide, and I think, Angus, excuse me, Neil, Neil got into this a little bit um, regarding the kind of the different three-legged stool that we used to assess this project. Um, but that was really helpful for us in, in finding the different ways to communicate. And we also uh, did make sure that all of the communication was translated into Spanish, because I believe that uh, you heard Brad say this is a, a an immigrant city. Um, it's a minority majority community, so we need to be sensitive about how they communicate and assess information. Um, So public engagement was huge for us. We actually conducted two different uh, sessions, workshops um, in the community. One, both of them were existing meetings or workshops or events that were happening, so we went to the neighborhoods and literally asked them questions about what they feel about trees, you know, what does it mean to them when they hear trees, Um, what are the biggest needs for trees, and actually did some visual preference surveys asking them, you know, which, which Street, street. They preferred one with, with uh, street line trees. Scre- excuse me, street trees and one without. Um, just to give them a visual example of, of what we're trying to do with with this program. So, it was a lot of fun to, to go through the research. Um, you, you know, again, the HIA's are a little bit formulaic, but we took a planner's approach to this. I think throughout the process, while still staying true to an HIA process, so that we had we dotted all of our eyes and crossed all of our t's with that process.
0: Great. It sounds like it was a lot of work, a pretty intense effort for this pro bono project. Now, uh, what were the recommendations that came out of your assessment?
2: Um, so, yeah, we, we did conduct a significant amount of research, and the report that we produced, which is, uh, there, there will be a URL, um, we'll give you the URL for that report, um, has, a, has a, a big appendix with a, a lot of uh, data and information on our research but through our research we found uh four priority impact areas that were um relevant to the lawrence community uh from an environmental perspective you know obviously they they did have a low tree canopy cover uh there was community concerns about flooding uh air quality issues came up um and from a physical mental health standpoint uh we did you know, through our research and through the, the uh, residential engagement sessions, we did find that, you know, people are concerned about the high rates of obesity in the area, diabetes, asthma and other respiratory diseases were a big issue in Lawrence, as well as uh, mental health illnesses, things like depression and anxiety. Um, so through that, through our research, we were able to connect some of those, um, illnesses or situations uh, and look at how street trees can have rehabilitating impacts on physical and mental health of the population versus areas without street trees. Um, a couple other findings we found were from a social perspective that there, there, our research found there was a correlation between the number of street trees and the amount of community interaction that takes place. So street trees creating a more engaging and inviting environment for people to socialize in, um, they also provided. Uh, we found our, through our research that they provided um, safety issues from from a traffic calming perspective. You know, the tree canopy is giving us that sense of enclosure, which naturally helps slow uh, vehicles down. And then we even found there was a correlation between crime levels and the amount of street trees. Um, so that was a, an important connection too. From the housing um, energy perspective, which was uh, a big focus of Groundwork Warrants and this program, uh, obviously, you know, there's a huge reduction in energy demand for adjacent buildings when you do have large canopy street trees. Uh, But not only in the buildings, uh, it helps, we found through our research that it helped extend uh, the life of pavement uh, and building materials, so reduce sun exposure, reduce freeze thaw, um, you know, so there's a lot of those, those are kind of our triple bottom line benefits that we found through the, uh, through the research. So from a recommendation standpoint, um, we, we, we developed a, a full report once we assessed all the information that we collected from the our research, from our uh, interviews with local community members and our, our, our assistance with Groundwork Lawrence. We came up with a, a series of recommendations um, and reported those to, to Groundwork Lawrence. The key recommendations were, um, you know, looking at ways to promote the documented triple bottom line benefits of street trees um, and relate those triple bottom line benefits to those local health issues that um, were, were raised as issues by the community. So making that link between trees and the health issues. So... You know, planting more trees to improve air quality, which could lead to, uh, reduced, uh, asthma or respiratory illnesses in the area. Um, and, you know, our research also, uh, helped develop or, um, record baseline conditions. So what is the existing, uh, obesity rate in, in, uh, Lawrence? What is the current air quality in Lawrence? Um, and, It'll, it gave us a baseline so that we could um, look at projections with the with you know if more street trees are planted, this could impact uh, you know um, air quality in this way. So kind of setting up a baseline um, to to allow us to project how street trees might uh, or may not impact some of those local health concerns. And then a, another uh, recommendation we had was you know the ways to uh, plant properly. Plant the trees to help ensure their success, because um, obviously, is only these these trees are only going to uh, 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 provide all these triple bottom line benefits if they do grow to uh, to a good size. And 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 uh, so we did have have uh, a series of planting guidelines that we developed through our research. Also suggested a, a tree stewardship program. Um, you know, looking at uh, engaging ways to engage the local community, uh, and kind of take ownership of some of these trees, um, so that, you know, they feel, you know, that they are part of the community and that they are an important part of their neighborhood. Um, we also came up with, um, suggestions and we've actually already recorded, uh, a podcast, um, uh, or a webinar, I should say, uh, to promote the green streets program, um, through one of our volunteer planners that participated uh, in this project, uh, her her company um, hosted a webinar, um, which helped promote you know the idea of the Green Streets program and tree planting and the health benefits. So really, getting the word out there was an important component. Um, and we also suggested to, to Lawrence that there was the opportunity to to um, support. Uh, or push the, the city to adopt tree preservation and tree protection ordinances, um, recognizing with all this information we have on the health benefits and the triple bottom line benefits of street trees, um, you know they're only as good as, we, as much as we protect them. So making sure that there's a replacement or a protection program in place um, was an important aspect too. And then uh, we had a few suggestions in the report for ongoing monitoring um, ways that uh, groundwork Lawrence or the city or, or local community groups could could um, you know continue monitoring and and, um, and you know really look at what benefits these trees that they they have planted are actually having on the neighborhood that's kind of a quick summary of the, the recommendations of our, our full analysis
0: great thanks Neil Um I was really impressed by all the information in the report, a lot of great stuff in there, but I think my favorite thing were the nutritional labels. Can you take a minute to tell us about those?
2: Um, yeah, so one of, the, one of the tools that we relied heavily on in this whole process was iTree, which is uh, a free online tool, um, multiple number of tools. Uh, it's www.itree.com. Tools.org. If you're not familiar with it, but they have a, a, a significant number of resources on their site uh, that allow um, individuals, neighborhoods, organizations to really assess um, the multiple benefits of tree canopy cover, uh, especially in urban areas. And one of the one of the programs they have is um, it's called uh, a My My Tree Benefits calculator and it's essentially what it is is a new, typical nutrition label like you see on foods that has the percentage you know the total fat in, in a product you know per serving um, you know how much carbohydrates and sugar and so forth but this is actually uh, developed uh, into a nutrition label for trees so you could you could create it the tool allows you to create a label which you know, for example, if you took a tree in front of your house, say it's a honey locust uh, tree, it's about 30-inch caliper, so a nice, big, broad uh, street tree, um, it allows you to input all the details on a specific tree or, or a series of trees, and it it will compute, based on the age and condition of the trees, how much carbon dioxide that tree will absorb per year, how much stormwater runoff it could uh, reduce or, or intercept uh, over a given year, how much air pollution uh, it could also filter out. So things like ozone, nitrogen, sulfur, particulate matter, all those elements of uh, ground-level ozone, uh, which contribute to smog, uh, tells you how, how much an, you know, an individual tree or a series of trees could, could eliminate um, each year. It also talks about, depending on the proximity of the tree to, to adjacent buildings, it'll tell you how much energy you could save by having that tree in that location. And also talks about avoided emissions. Um, the nutrition label will give a, a series of um, you know, carbon dioxide, nitrogen, sulfur, and large particulate matter, and how much avoided emissions that such a, such a tree could actually have. So it's a real great uh, visual tool, um, to people who aren't really familiar with the environmental, uh, impacts that, you know, the full environmental impacts that a tree could have. So it's a nice snapshot label, and everybody knows what a nutrition label looks like, and everybody kind of knows it's a quick, nice, quick view of how, um, healthy this product is or isn't for me. So it's, we thought this, this, uh, nutrition label was a great tool to help uh, present to the public that, hey, check out these benefits of, of an individual tree or a group of trees and here's the nutrition benefits that that tree could have or health benefits that that tree could have. So it's a nice visual tool.
0: Yeah, definitely a great way to communicate some complicated uh, facts there in a very friendly visual format. Alright, so as we definitely. wrap things up a little bit, uh, tell us, who's the audience for the HIA? Who's actually using this report?
3: The audience was primarily Groundwork Lawrence, but we recognize, and I think Neil mentioned this, that there are pieces that need to be implemented, mm-hmm. stakeholders mm-hmm. in this. So primarily city government through the policies and ordinances or bylaws that need to be passed for tree preservation, um, and then programs that could be picked up by other, by other community groups as well. But the audience was primarily, and the the, the target um, client, if you will, was Groundwork Lawrence.
0: What sort of feedback have you gotten from residents, or elected officials, or colleagues?
1: Well, this is Brad from Groundwork. Um, we've definitely received favorable feedback from our partners at the state, and shared it with their community-based partners in other uh, Massachusetts cities where their, their tree planting activities are underway. Um. I'd also say that that some of the graphics that we've referenced during this discussion have been very well received by, by residents um, being able to show the, the benefits of trees um, and, and their, their infrastructure services that they provide. And there is interest among residents um, because they are aware about uh, global climate change and... Um, and this makes them feel good that they're sort of doing their part to to help improve everyone's environment. I think I should I should
2: also mention too that you know we took we took it a step beyond a traditional HIA uh, as Angie was mentioning. We kind of put a planner spin on it on a typical HIA process, and we not only you know developed recommendations, we we developed a set of deliverables too that would help Groundwork Lawrence. Uh, So tools that Groundwork Lawrence could use to help sell the idea uh, or promote the idea of, um, you know, the triple bottom line benefits of tree planting in communities. Um, And a couple of things we did, which Brad was kind of referring to, was um, we did a nice infographic, which was a a nice snapshot of um, kind of the multiple benefits of street trees. So it shows kind of an urban... Uh, Cross section of an urban streetscape, and talks about um, you know it's it's got a graphic with people walking through a neighborhood, cars driving, trees, people playing in parks, and you know it shows that you know street trees can improve air quality, reduce ambient um, air temperatures, reduce heating and cooling, slow traffic, reduce cardiovascular illnesses, attract wildlife, prevent flooding. All those, uh, all those issues wrapped into one infographic, and one of our uh, the participating planners, uh, Marley, Maliki Fernando, was a uh, was a great uh, um, graphic illustrator to help us put that together. So that's in the uh, in the, the report as well. We also came up with a tagline that Groundwork Lawrence could use uh, to promote this program. Um, you know, it's a it's a little person who's actually kind of a a person is the trunk of a tree and their arms are spreading out like into the, the branches of a tree and the leaves of a tree. And the tagline beside that graphic is good for Lawrence, great for you to kind of promote, you know, the fact that it's good for the whole community, but it's great for the, the neighborhoods specifically that are getting these trees as well. One of the, one of the really cool tools that we developed too was, was a street, uh, street tree selector tool. We did this through uh, the assistance of a landscape architecture company that worked with us to um, volunteer their time and, and to, to this project as well. Um, but we, we were able to get the list of tree plantings that Groundwork Lawrence was, was focusing on for this project and evaluate each of those street trees in terms of their tolerability for urban conditions such as salt spray, um, de-icing, drought conditions, are they native, and then we plugged in the tree types into that iTree tool that I mentioned earlier, and we were able to look at which trees, from from a species perspective, which trees could actually absorb more stormwater than others, which were better at providing larger canopies for better energy efficiency, and which were more apt to to absorb more uh, air pollutants, so which were better for air quality. And that was, was done in a way to, uh, help residents, uh, engage in the program. And so if, if they were concerned about, say, you know, chronic respiratory illnesses, you know, they might want to select a tree to be planted in their neighborhood that, um, is going to be better at, at reducing overall air quality. So it was a great kind of tree selector tool, uh, that, that we produced as part of that. So these, these kind of deliverables that we created were, um, and we, we had a couple other infographics in addition to the, uh, to the um, nutrition label. So all of those graphics uh, and, and deliverables were kind of over and above a traditional HIA, but they were a product that we thought would, um, would greatly assist Groundwork Lawrence in their success of this, uh, this program.
3: Uh, and I'll add that we, in addition to the, the success part was helping them activate what we're, at, what we're recommend, recommending that they do. So it's not just a report that they flip through every once in a while when they do a grant application or for some statistics. We wanted this to be something that they could start working on immediately.
0: Great. Okay. Well, it seems that with most any planning process, there's always something that doesn't go quite according to plan. Were there any negative parts of the experience for you or something you would have done differently?
3: I think the biggest one that we had wanted to do and we gave a recommendation to still proceed with that was testing some of the messaging out in groups, um, you know, going to, for instance, there's a Mayor's Health Task Force and, or working actually with the city alongside Groundwork Lawrence to figure out kind of next steps with what the reality is to pass a, a, a street tree preservation ordinance um, or bylaw. So I think that that would have been, and that's actually part of a, a traditional HIA process is kind of the wrap up with a, a group or you know stakeholders to um, put your finger on the pulse, I guess, if you will, of, of the recommendations, and you know almost to start assigning stakeholders to take some of these tasks on, but. I think if we in a perfect world, we would have been able to do that, but Groundwork is very plugged into the community, and I, I know that they <laughs> they intend to, and they're already using the messaging, it sounds like, which is great. So I'm not worried that it, that it will go for naught.
0: All right, so based on this experience, are you considering any other HIAs for other programs?
1: Um, I think they're just, they're, they're really using the resources generated by by our work. Um to, to help build the capacity of um, community engagement staff working in other cities.
2: Yeah, and I think we, we documented this entire process in great detail in the report um, for, 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 for the reason, you know, for many reasons, but for a main reason so that this process could be replicated in other communities. So, you know, this while this was specific to Lawrence. The process that we used and, the you know, the recommendations and some of the deliverables, you know, can always be tailored to other communities. So while we may not actually go out and do one, you know, we, we hope that our, you know, the, the, the report and the resources that we created can help other communities uh, or organizations or neighborhoods um, do a similar process if they wish.
3: Which is another reason, I think Neil mentioned this earlier, that we have been promoting this work through uh, this type of podcast, through a webinar that we're doing in August, through another podcast, uh, through a potentially a documentary even. So we want to get the word out that this type of process is really truly helping communities understand the benefits of not just street trees but how our urban infrastructure can benefit from a health lens, applying a health lens to our work.
0: All right. So, last question: What advice would you give planners who are interested in conducting an HIA in their communities?
3: Uh, This is Angie. I guess I'll say we struggled a little bit with that. There is a very uh, formulaic process for conducting an HIA. Uh, I would engage the state. Uh, We found them to be a great partner. But you know, making it planner-sized, you know, it, it can be daunting if you're trying to to follow something so closely that. It, it feels like you're going to be told that it's not going to work if you don't do it that way. <laughs> so, you know, giving them that planner swing and, and being creative and the deliverables and, and making sure you activate this plan or, or the report, I guess it really ends up being, is really going to be key. You don't just want this to be a set of recommendations uh, or findings. You, how, how can you, you take whatever you found and, and activate them and, and start marching forward with stakeholders to make it happen? So, I think those two engage the state and make sure that whatever comes out of it, there are kind of some next steps.
2: Yeah. And I, I'd add to that. Um, yeah, definitely the state department of public health and, and they they, they brought a tremendous amount of resources to us and expertise that helped us again, all volunteer work. Um, so, you know, it doesn't take a lot of money to do this. We, we, we worked on virtually no budget. So, um, but also, um, I was really surprised through the process uh, how much uh, information we obtained from the, the community hospitals as well, too. So engaging the local hospitals would be a, uh, uh, a significant uh, opportunity to gain a lot of uh, good, info- insightful information on local health issues and, um, and so forth. So definitely recommend reaching out to hospitals.
0: Well, uh, before we go, can you give us the website where people can go and find more information about the program and download this report?
1: You can download it from from several locations Groundwork Lawrence's website, as well as?
3: The American Planning Association's Sustainable Communities Division has a WordPress site, so apascd.wordpress.com.
0: All right, well, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thank you.